one and the meat of this episode is going to be our thoughts on the topic of which console, either old or new, will you get for a toddler as their introduction to a handheld gaming experience. For a brief part two, we might say a few words about the recently announced mini Nintendo Entertainment System, as that could well bring youngsters into games if their parents are of a certain age. (laughs) Very much. So the four of us have jumped on to record a little mini-topic discussion on the prospects of ideal first handheld systems for our children. The LGR brood, if you will, because many of our team are gamer dads and I think Mm. we're starting to realise that a large part of our accessibility to the hobby of video games is going to be going through our kids. And I'm definitely experiencing (laughs) it through my children's eyes more and more. Um, Recently become a father for the second time and am now kind of starting to realise with dread and fear that it's going to be harder and harder harder for me to ever get you know claim dominance back on the the kind of main family console as I continue to populate my house with budding gaming enthusiasts (laughs) (laughs) so I guess the the prospects of you know maybe introducing like a dedicated system of their own um is a you know is a a prospect that I'm keen to explore so I guess I don't have children so my uh, angle's slightly different because most of my interaction with children is what I do at work so um that's why my insight's a little bit different not the games consoles but we'll get on to that when we get there, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't worry, they'll come, Adam, I'm sure. How long have you oh, been married now? <laughs> I've only been married two years. Oh, God, you're taking your time. Yeah, Try and put yeah. it back as long as you can, Ad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Stuart, I believe you've actually very recently kind of not only thought about this topic, you've actually taken the plunge and gifted your son a handheld system. So do you want to tell us about that to kind of kick us off? My son's three and a half now and due to a recent hospital visit, we actually gifted him an ordinary uh, Nintendo DS that we had as a... Got a lucky boy. Not the hospital visit, obviously, but the presents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was just a DS that we had in the house that wasn't really getting an awful lot of love, but we thought it would be perfect for him. And it turned out to be just a nice little present for him while he was staying in hospital for that little while. Before that, we had been just sort of playing with him on a little 7-inch Android tablet that we'd picked up. Um, it was a Kobo. It was actually something that we got off the PC World um, eBay website. I think it was about £80, and it was a 64-gig 7-inch tablet, which was really quite nice and a good price for it. What we had on that was, um, through the Android App Store, you can actually get a little app called Kidzo, which actually allows for both permissions locked down, um, such as um, access to the wireless settings and things like that, um, but also allows you to only allow certain apps to actually sh- show up in it within the app itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, a recent update has actually allowed you to set up individual profiles um, for each of the children, which is quite good. Yeah, good. And you can have a completely separate um, set of apps within those. And then there's obviously the parent locks and things to get into the proper settings and change any of the settings as necessary. What we had on that was just sort of a selection of some of the free apps and things that are available on the App Store. But two of the ones that they particularly like, um, I also have a, a young daughter as are CBB's Play time and the CBB Storytime apps. Yeah, they're great um, apps then. They are fantastic. They mm. just have such a good range of sort of games and things within them. Um, there's at least six TV show related apps and stories or games and stories um, within each of those. 
which are really good. So there's it, an educational angle to them as well, which I quite enjoy. You know, there is a little bit, yeah, getting something out of it as well. There definitely is, and even just getting them used, actually using a touchscreen and what have you. Mm. Um, for example, something special um, yeah. with Justin. He deserves actually. a knighthood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Um, but there's a very simple. It's just a bubble pop. Um, they actually sort of put paint splatters and things onto um, shapes, like welly boots or bow ties and things like that. So something like that is perfect for my daughter, um, who's not even quite two yet. And uh, certainly there's um, things like Swashbuckle or the Octonauts and what have you mm. um, for my son, who um, gets a lot of fun out of those. The other thing that's recently been released is the BBC iPlayer Kids app, um, which is very good because you can actually uh, limit content um, on the app itself based on age of the children actually using mm. it. Yeah, because um, they've done that on sort of Sky, haven't they? They've got like um, yeah, they've got you know, Sky like they Kids Sky Go, well. they've yep. got Sky Kids, and then I think like you said, uh, very similar to that. So I think YouTube have started to do it. Like you can get a kids version of YouTube as well. Although I think it still works on the premise of they get recommended other videos based on what they've seen. So mm. again, it's like anything. You still have to kind of be vigilant. You can't solely rely on the parental controls, but obviously they're a welcome addition rather than using the kind of Okay, the adult versions of those apps, so to speak. It's also the fact that um, you know the kids player um, very obviously as well um, doing it on age and what have you. Very simply, just actually gives them access only to CBBS, the content from CBBS and yeah. uh, CBBC, which is very good. Mm. The other console that he was mainly playing on at the time would have been the Wii U. Um, sort of playing on mostly off-screen play. And, yes, uh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, playing on Kirby and the Rainbow Paintbrush, which is one that I'd recommended to yourself, Lee. And, and I played it completely asked about that. With, yeah. with my son, and we loved it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I'd picked up Lego Batman 2 um, as well, and uh, he's had great fun on that. Once we got him past sort of the initial levels, and then he gets to the sort of hub world of um, Gotham City, mm. just running around and just um, playing through that, he just really enjoys. And then recently he started getting into Mario Kart 8, Nintendo Land, and Rayman Legends as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So giving him the DS now, I think, was near enough a perfect time for it because he'd been used to the touchscreen of the tablet and a little bit then on the Wii U, but then also getting used to actual physical um, D-pads and buttons um, as part of the Wii U as well. Um, So he's managing really well on the DS. Yeah, I think that kind of pretty much echoes, you know, my own kind of family setup, although my little boy is a bit older, but he very much, it used to be kind of like his first taste of it came through like using you know the touchscreen devices like where you know the family iPhones and kind of iPads where it would start it off that oh we would just like show them like one of the Disney Pixar storybooks and they had like really kind of quite rudimentary games within that you know the stories that you could play mm-hmm. but I think it just really took me by surprise obviously our first child so you, you know we, we wasn't didn't really know what to expect but I think it really took me aback just how quickly they get adept to you know using such technology and now it's kind of like ubiquitous it's in their classrooms you know yeah. the, they have iPads and they get taught numeracy and literacy, literacy via those devices and like Kev was saying there's so many free kind of educationally education mm. leaning apps that you can get it was kind of like they we showed him like shared our devices with him for very short bursts and thought that he would kind of like just has it as a distraction you know with us but he, he again like he's clear enthusiasm for it and dexterity in using it made me kind of actually in the end uh, we went and got an iPad mini for himself like the, so we you know I've got one my wife's got one and Harrison's got one but I guess that again raises the question of because now it's also kind of touchscreen focused and um, tablet and phone gaming and the apps you know so many of them are kind of like free 
it, it makes me realise now, I guess, where somebody wasn't possibly in a really kind of gaming enthusiast environment, why they might not see the need for a dedicated handheld device. Yeah. Like, I almost feel mm. like me wanting now to possibly give my son like a DS Lite. Um, again, very much echoing your sentiments is part of is that kind of also from nostalgia do I want to give him something of his own that he can look after and you know have the joy of having the little kind of cases and the cartridges um, whereas really again I think that he would probably lean more naturally towards the iPad mini and you know the touch screen certainly my son really does like having the DS and he does see it as his device and then he sort of takes responsibility for charging it and what have you and knows yeah, that um, whenever, whenever we say it's time to turn it off he does actually turn it off to make sure that the sort of battery isn't running down and things like that mm. yeah. um, which is quite nice uh, now the one thing that is a little more annoying then is the fact that because he's been used to a tablet he's been used to having so many games there at his fingertips and what have you so obviously <laughs> you know the change up to actually using a DS is a completely different because it's only ever one game at a time and then having to switch out the cartridges and um, whenever he wants to play something else uh, now obviously there are ways around that <laughs> which I do they're a little bit more fiddly though aren't they like I know what you mean like it's the complete ease of you know a child using a kind of iPad like you say just coming in and out of an app is so well, often it's quite seamless whereas even if we're using kind of preloaded cards with multiple games on, you still got to kind of yeah. push every button and left and right to kind of boot back to that screen, haven't you? There is, yeah. Or, or even actually turning the device off itself yes, to get back yeah. to the sort of the top level menu and things like that. But no, he's managing really well with it and he's uh, sitting playing uh, Lego Batman and uh, he particularly likes actually um, Mario Party on the DS. Mm. Um, he's having great fun with that purely because it's little mini games and things and then just sort of the um, sort of dice rolls and things like that um, so he's managing quite well with that and then through that actually sort of learning um, how board games and things work as well you've got to be careful as well because the the thing is with the DS and um, all the handheld ones obviously limiting it to limiting your child to um, one game at a time is actually reinforcing their attention span because when you've got an iPad or a tablet in front of you with 18 or 20 apps they, you'll watch them and they'll just skip from app to app and they end up with no yeah. attention span whatsoever you know and then you can have real problems yeah no I think we've sort of limited to maybe about a dozen and that, even that's probably a little bit too many so it is um, but he's no he's managing well with it uh, Adam did you want to come in with anything yeah, yeah, my take's a little bit different, I guess, just because um, of where I work. So I work with special needs children, so a lot of them come with um, slightly different avenue. Like, you have some that have DSs, and they'll often snap them when they're angry and stuff. <laughs> so, um, and then we've even had issues with, like, children bringing iPads that get broken and stuff, and it gets expensive to buy them. So mm. um, we recommend, like, at work people, there's an Amazon Kindle via Kids Edition that comes in, like, a big rubber case. They'll replace it as much as you want for the first two years. Really? Which is pretty cool, yeah. That's <laughs> um, insane. So it's like cheaper than Apple Care because it's only 99 bucks. But then also for the first year, you get this thing called Amazon Free Time Unlimited. It's kind of like a subscription that has all the content for kids aged like 3 to 10, like books, movies, TV show, educational apps, and like games, because it runs through their own Amazon version of the Google Play Store. So I know it's a lot of kids using things like that, but then I've also noticed, maybe I think Lee touched on this a bit, where, because we're gamers, we kind of are focused on passing on that mantle, but a lot of these parents that I meet with aren't necessarily gamers. 
kids and they don't care they don't see the point in having a dedicated gaming device they just want one thing they can give them for everything and I think like that educational mm. slant kinds of plays into it it's a bit boring for the kids but then I remember my parents buying us a BBC micro oh cause yeah because that's, <laughs> that's what they had at school so they thought oh we'll get them one of these at home and they'll learn and did we Al we played asteroids and like <laughs> Repton on it and stuff and Jet Set Willy we didn't learn a thing on that <laughs> but I do think parents kind of get that kind of feeling like some of them especially uh, some of the children that I work with and stuff so it's a different slant kind of but then also from the kids like some of the uh, I guess one of a better word like higher functioning kids a lot of them come in they don't talk about Mario and stuff and they definitely don't talk about Sonic um, <laughs> who does but they're all talking about like Minecraft and stuff and or games that they can play on their tablets that are like Dora the Explorer and stuff and hmm. other stuff like that so I definitely think there's a definite divide between us kind of gamers that want to pass on that stuff want to give kids their own little DS to play with and then the ones that couldn't care less really yeah, I mean, it, it's not, um, I, I think we should say, you know, it's not a black and white issue in the sense that yeah. we're kind of like damning um, app-based gaming on no, no, like, no, you know, your iPads and that, because, I, yeah, it's different, but also I think it's like um, Children's Day, and again, you know, you, you know you've got to get to a certain age when you say they don't know how lucky they are, but I do think it is a wonderful time that they have got um, really quite... Um, advanced technology so young um, yeah. now of course we're not going to go well, this is you know, we're not having a parenting debate about whether children should be exposed to stuff at a certain age and how much screen time I mean obviously I think that's for individuals to decide having knowing your own children but I, I, I'm very much for the fact that they've got these devices in schools and that children do get some kind of exposure to it because um, it, it's been a great kind of source of having um, a bit like quality family Family time in the sense of just seeing um, how my son, my son, sorry, enjoys, you know, that, that, that kind of ability that we can kind of share that time together. And it definitely did start with your iPhone, your iPad, you know, those yeah. kind of very simple, like Kev was saying, really kind of quite shallow, I guess, experiences. Things that as gamers we would traditionally kind of frown on because, you know, they haven't really got any kind of sophisticated controls. There's not really kind of any kind of depth to it. Although the App Store, of course, because of just how much content's on there does have very enriching gaming experiences um, but I just think yeah you know the fact that he's been able to kind of navigate that so early and then very much like Stu's children um, the Wii U has been like ultimately his first console you know he um plays it with myself and my wife and we do you know obviously because it's a Nintendo system there's so much kind of couch multiplayer that you can do um, and it's, it's just like seeing him go from like the touchscreen to being able to use not only a touch device but um, you know the kind of the twin sticks that are on the gamepad and even um, he's kind of like had a go on my Vita and I was amazed that he, he could play like Rayman Origins up, on yeah. that yeah he just picked it up he, he, amazingly quickly um, and I think if anything I almost want to pull the reins ever so slightly and again maybe step back to what is like an antiquated system I guess in his eyes and I think that I'd say this to our listeners I'm assuming that one of the things that will feed into your decision about what handheld you might try your child out on is because what you've got lying around in the house you know and like Stuart we've got like three DS lights in our house so it was kind of like a perfect choice in a way but even then I was thinking yeah but it doesn't have sticks is it going to be kind of like too simple for him um, you know from the the tentative steps we've taken so far he, he has really taken to it and I think they just seem to have you know that that kind of capacity that 
perhaps it took us a lot longer to develop yeah. we just developed it at an older age I guess I guess there's a lot to be said for because now computers have become so ubiquitous with like work and stuff like I've been able to touch type since I was pretty young because I had that BBC micro yeah. so it makes yeah. you wonder if there's a lot to be said about introducing children to all these different devices young that actually is helping set them up for the future yeah like, we don't know what like by the time our kids are working they might be using HoloLens for work and stuff but the fact that they've been using an iPad since they're a kid might help them in some way be able to use virtual spaces and stuff so there's definitely something to be said for introducing them as young yeah and, and again without even kind of like getting on the kind of the profound um, kind of like uh, child development issues of how it could be harmful or a positive thing the, the simple fact is games are fun you know that's what's kind exactly. of like an endearing hobby and it's it's lovely to share fun things with your children you know I've certainly got so much more enjoyment and it's kind of like why I've even got back into gaming really is through kind of like the Wii U and sharing games you know with well, there is certainly a, a very large portion of the time where you cannot take your children anywhere because it's just slinging it down in rain. I mean, let's face it, we've had the worst summer ever on record, I think, this year. <laughs> so there's been days where we've not been able to go out, we've not been able to go out and play, but we can always sit and play on the iPad or we can get the Wii U, which has its foot in both camps, because don't forget, it's still got a touch screen on there as well. Yeah, no, of course, exactly. And that, uh, that makes them feel... I think familiar with it you know, yeah. it's, it, it, as, as chunky as it is and as much fun as kind of people make of how Nintendo possibly weren't able to get the message across it is ultimately been you know the, the kind of like ideal device for a younger gamer yeah because it's got the the level of um, sophistication of certain games and it kind of encourages you know that that ability not just to use the touchscreen but also to use what we are considering like traditional controls I guess with the twin sticks and yeah. things like that yeah well, following on with what you were saying about the Vita, uh, you know, with the twin sticks and actually in, involving your kid and uh, getting them used to using the fingers to improve the dexterity. What about something like the PSP Go? That's got a lot going for it. It's cheap, it's light. Is that, was that a twin stick or was that a single stick and a nub? Um, I can't remember. Ah, you know, it's not long since... The, the I'm PSP sure it was twin had stick. a nub, I think, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm sure it was a nub. Nub, yeah. Yeah, well, but... Not um, the 3DS, but yeah. Yeah, but it's still got a lot going for it because it was cheap, light and compact and it's no moving parts so it's not going to break down and with the advent of PS Plus obviously that's made it a whole new prospect I think the only thing that does let PlayStation down in general is the fact that there's nothing there for anything under 7 you know, most of the under 7s are just not catered for at all with Sony or Microsoft Nintendo Store, you know, you can get tons and tons of stuff for children and the DS software, I mean, we've seen how much DS software is out there that are aimed squarely at the market that we're talking about tonight. I think that's the only thing that lets the PlayStation Portable go down, you know, because that would be a, a perfect piece. You can pick them up so cheap because it was pretty much a forgotten console by the time it was released. And then, of course, uh, PlayStation Plus came about three years after it had been dumped. <laughs> so it's, it's a pretty rugged little piece. It seems to be forgotten yeah. about. I guess you could uh, you can get PlayStation Classics. There's some younger games on there, I guess, but then it's whether yeah. kids would want to dip that far back or not. That's it. They, they might look a bit clunky as well. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when we're used to seeing Rayman on the um, iPad and the tablets. Yeah. You know. Things like Crash haven't really aged well. No. In comparison, <laughs> I guess. 
just looking at the PSP go now. Pictures of it. it is a nice system. It's compact, good for children's hands as well. It's yeah, small, that's it. You've got to think about the small hands. That's why the yeah. DS is such a perfect match. Not the um, DS, uh, DS uh, sorry, not the 3DS or the DSi XL. You know, just the standard DS or DSi Lite if you wanted, but that's got a camera on it and it gets a bit tricky as well because it's got a menu system and it gets fiddly. I think, for me, the DS gets the thumbs up. You know, just the original DS Lite, you can get them for virtually nothing. You probably, like you, you've probably got them hanging around in your living room somewhere. <laughs> and obviously, the battery life on that is nine hours. Yeah. Which is something you definitely need when you've got a kid that's just playing about on a game and the battery runs out. You just don't want to be in the same room. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> really? I think really it's only the kind of hinges, isn't it, that some people complain yeah, about that, without that model. Down. But otherwise, yeah. they're, I mean, I've, as I say, I've got three. I've had them for, you mm. know, going on what? It must be a decade. And, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty robust. Brilliant. Yeah. Nintendo have always been able to make stuff that just goes on forever. You know, it's got like old lady syndrome. It just carries on and on and on. It's like the GameCube. You know, the GameCube is, I've got one and it's 12 years, 13 years old now. And it's still rock solid. Never a problem. Uh, so, I mean, obviously we could probably talk for a lot longer about this topic. We're going to keep it kind of focused and short uh, f- for this particular occasion. But if you've obviously got anything that you want to raise, then we'd be keen to hear from you. And the LGR community members that did get back to us with a few comments were uh, Revitar on Twitter. And he's put, the 3DS is marvellous at providing a safe space for kids to just get on and play without worrying. Um, I'm right in thinking, though, that the 3D... Because I, I can't remember the exact age, but I know you're at, you obviously have it off for younger children. Mm-hmm. Is it about seven or eight or something that you? Yeah. Because it's about when the child's eyes. Yeah. Yeah, you're better off going for the 2DS. Really, you know, you can still yeah. play 3DS games on it, but it doesn't um, give them any sort of eye difficulty. Yeah, and that's actually the price in that. I'm sure has dropped. A hell of a lot. Did in the states. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Adam Belcher, who is at Watang on Twitter, has put. Amazon Kindles, which I believe is what um, Adam was yep, mentioning. Yep, it was. <laughs> Uh, plastic casings in all the free games have awful adverts which mostly can't be I think he means X'd. like uh, exited yeah. out yeah. it's a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> so possibly not a ring endorsement although that replacement scheme seems very impressive <laughs> yeah yeah people like different things don't they <laughs> that's why we're here <laughs> Over to Adam then. The never-ending, enduring quality of software and hardware that Nintendo produces. The next step into the world of gaming could well be this. So I'm sure everyone's seen this. It's the Nintendo Classic Mini. It's a remake of the very first Nintendo Entertainment System that was all the rage back in the 80s. The Nintendo Classic Mini is a bit different than the NES in a few ways. It does not use cartridge games like the original did. For those of you alive in the 80s... For those of you not alive in the 80s, cartridges were big bulky storage discs that games used to come on. You'd insert a cart into the NES in order to load it up. Instead of cartridges, the Nintendo Classic Mini will have onboard storage where all the games are held and loaded up. Another big difference from the Classic Mini from the NES, as the name suggests, is that it's a lot smaller than the original. Um, other than that, it's an exact replica. There's been lots of pictures going around of like people just holding it in the palm of their hand, which looks pretty cool. Uh, it can be, Most importantly, people probably want to know what games it comes with. It comes with 30 games pre-installed. It comes with Balloon Fight, 
Bubble Bobble, Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, Dr. Mario, Excitebike, Final Fantasy, Galaga, Ghosts and Goblins, Gradius, Ice Climbers, Kid Icarus, Kirby's Adventure, Mario Bros, Mega Man 2, Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, Pac-Man, Punch-Out featuring Mr. Dream, Star Tropics, Super C, Super Mario Bros. 2, uh, Super Mario Bros. 1, Super Mario Bros. 2, Super Mario Bros. 3, Tecmo Bowl, The Legend of Zelda, and Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. <laughs> what a list. Yes. Wow, well done, Adam, for reading that list in one go. Um, I'm, I'm, these are, I'm assuming, like, obviously, a lot of these are emulated ROMs that are available via the virtual console at the moment. Because you, yeah. um, you can use your current controllers, can't you? Like, anything you can plug into a Wiimote, yes. like the classic controller, will work. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, you can That's use the classic. As I know, yep. Yeah. The little socket on the front looks exactly the same as that socket. Um, I guess people have been wondering if you can add any more games and Nintendo, according to Gizmodo, have confirmed that you, they won't be releasing any extra games to the Mini NES and it isn't compatible with cartridges and doesn't have any internet connection. So once you've bought the console, that's your lot. Um, I guess people might have seen these things before. There's been the flashback um, Atari consoles that kind of have the same thing and there's a few versions of um, Mega Drives that have the same thing could be the start of greater things people think and if it might sell well we might see more classic games for you to play without a decades old console and um, we also wouldn't be surprised if perhaps other people followed suit so lee already mentioned the controller a little bit it's an exact replica of the original nes controller everything down to the d-pad the a button the start and select even the connection cord interface looks the same but it plugs in via as we said a wii u controller port um, another one can be bought separately so you can have two players and classic controllers or classic controller pros will also work and another little add-on I didn't realize is the NES controller can also be used to play virtual console NES games on a Wii U or a Wii console so I guess people have probably wanted that sort of feature for a while um, all the games are the original games it's gonna each game will have support save points so you don't have to worry about losing your progress or leaving the, and I'm sure everyone's done this before leaving your console on overnight so you didn't have to restart after school the <laughs> yes. next day God, I might actually be able to beat one of these games yep, you may well <laughs> So with any luck, I guess it might work how the games work on 3DS and stuff. Like it has that restore point that you can yes, save and you yes. keep one at a time, oh, I imagine. That's heaven. Yeah, I wonder if they do that. Because um, some of them, they've got an option where you can slightly tweak the visuals, isn't it? There's like the pixel yeah. perfect mode. Um, yeah, you know, that's obviously mm. sometimes interesting to kind of play around with because some games look slightly better. Um, clearly obviously in their original resolution whereas some do benefit from that kind of polish or sheen they seem to put over it on the virtual console yeah. on the 3DS and Wii U it, it plugs in via HDMI it does, doesn't yeah. it that was yeah. the next so one we were going to get to surely so, yeah. they'll have had to give it yeah so surely they'll have had to polish it up a little bit you would have thought you know just so that it doesn't look so rubbish on your, <laughs> your 52 inch screen I would have <laughs> it's the same emulation that virtual console's being used or similar and um, which moves a bit so yeah yeah, definitely. I mean, before we, uh, did, did, you know, Adam reveals the retail price for us, did anyone here own the original NES? No. No, skipped that as well. No, we're an Atari boy. No, I didn't, because I, I got a Master System, so it wasn't, it, I didn't get, I, I was all kind of like 
Amiga and Sega for a number of years yeah. into the handheld like getting the Game Gear before the Game Boy and then I got like the SNES after like post Mega Drive so yeah the, I'm, I am I'm kind of keen to get one because I think it looks really cute and it's um, very kind of easy to kind of set up and use and play with and it gives you a great nostalgia kick and it could be you know it could be ideal to get some children uh, into gaming but um, I, I guess I'm I can imagine if you were someone who grew up with a NES and you've got like, really vivid memories of it this must be like your ultimate Christmas present surely so <laughs> That's the re- I'm definitely buying it for my brother-in-law for Christmas for that exact reason. He owned a Nintendo, then was into PC games a bit, and now he doesn't really play anything. But we've had that conversation so mm. many times because he's seen like those USB Nintendo controllers you can buy look like a NES or a SNES controller, and he's asked me a couple of times, he's like, "Why is there still no way I can buy Nintendo games on a PC, plug this into my telly, and play?" So yeah. it's like all he wants to mm. play is like he loves Punch Out and he loves the Mario games. So for him, this is like spot on, like perfect. Yeah, um, no, it is, and it's a good response um, to, I guess, fears of emulation. You know, yeah. in terms of, um, uh, you know, how people get emulators to work on like their PC, or yeah. I think you know you can even mod consoles to do a similar thing. But this is a great way for you know those that are obviously very much want to. By, by the copyright law and also those yeah. that are not kind of so avid into it that they want to mess around with all the kind of technical aspects of it the fact that you can just get something that you can plug in and plays the games but also really looks appealing kind of like aesthetically I mean it looks beautiful doesn't it mm-hmm. much prettier than yeah, the original console did I think <laughs> <laughs> you know that smaller uh, form factor I mean I'd love a mini SNES I mean that would be oh for wonderful. sure and the last bit of info I guess we've got is the Nintendo Classic Mini will be released worldwide on November 11th 2016 for a recommended retail price of $59.99 in the US and $49.99 in England $79.99 if you're in Canada found out today extra controllers look like they'll be on sale for around $7.99 in great English pounds or British pounds um, so that is ridiculous. stupidly cheap. cheap I'm going to say it now yeah. with a price like that I think Nintendo has already kind of won Christmas doesn't matter how many Xbox One S's yes. are going to sell or PS4's <laughs> this is going to be the top selling console of the year which is ridiculous yep. do you think it will outsell NX <laughs> possibly <laughs> probably <laughs> There's one small caveat just on that price. I think I read somewhere on uh, one of the articles that in what is now becoming sort of standard Nintendo practice, there isn't a power plug um, included in that. But from what I can tell, it does. uh, Well, I think it runs off just a micro um, USB plug. Um, So yeah, a lot of people will have those uh, lying around anyway, but I dare say there probably will be, yeah, there'll be an official um, power plug or whatever for it um, sold separately that's got to be a costing thing hasn't it because then they can just ship it all around the world oh, yeah. without even worrying about what plugs in yeah. there put a different yeah, sleeve yeah. on it in the re- applicable language and go uh, I mean I don't get me wrong I don't yeah. agree with it like it, no. it annoyed the hell out of me that you have to buy a separate adapter to get a 3DS or a new 3DS or whatever because they yeah. just said oh well surely you've already bought every single iteration of the handhelds that we've released so you surely have them because I think it was the you know if you had a, a an original 3DS you could use the power supply um, that came with that but I obviously made the jump because I loved my DS lights so much I, I delayed making the jumps to the 3DS until the you know the new new one came out whatever the silly 
a, a prefix they added to that console was. But yeah, no, I, I understand why they're doing it. I just think it's bollocks, you know, <laughs> for the consumer, basically. But uh, no, I am, I'm pleased, obviously, to see the announcement of this. And I think uh, it'll be an, an interesting nostalgic itch. I just don't know personally how long I would actually use it. You know, so I could get it, you know, stick it in and kind of get my son involved. But he's already been exposed to like the Wii U. I don't know, like, <laughs> or maybe I'm assuming he's going to be as, like, as harsh a critic of backwards graphics as I am. You know, like when you've seen, <laughs> you've played something like a new game, it's so hard sometimes to go back. And I think the, the NES era is very hard to go mm. back to. I don't think a lot of those games have aged well unless you've got the nostalgia that, that will, you know, see you through the rougher edges. But what really really sells these games is the fact that these games play as a solid gaming experience that who cares about the graphics the games themselves once you actually start playing them they're as fun as fun can be you know these are some quite rightly so considered classics uh, each one of this <laughs> 30 games you know you, you wouldn't never need to actually get any more games for it anyway because these are the real high hitters if you like these are the ones that really knocked it out of the ballpark at the time and there's a few in there that there's a few big tiles that I've never beaten so I can't wait to go back and play some of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think that's that's it though. that's the markets it's hitting the people that you know were really hardcore go, um, NES lovers you know their first console when they grew up with it but also maybe for the likes of us where there is a number of, like, I've never played the original Metroid you know that's on here there's um, mm. some you know obviously you've got all the, the Mario Brothers I, I think heresy to admit it but I don't think I've ever played through all of them you've got the <laughs> uh, original Kirby's Adventure you're not alone <laughs> so hard I've <laughs> never beaten Mario 3 for sure for definite <laughs> and Mario 2 I think I've only ever beaten it skipping a level you know you and you've got like what? Final Fantasy on yeah. here as well and again I, I'm presuming that these will be you know running in their native frame rate you know like we used to get PAL versions of a lot of these mm. games and they played slower and yeah. they actually introduced some glitches and some of these I don't even think made it over here I don't recall because again I wasn't a massive Nintendo fan back when the NES was out but I don't ever really remember Final Fantasy oh. coming over here I thought Final Fantasy 7 was the first one week. No, it was something weird. We did get them, yeah. didn't we? But I think Final Fantasy 3 was like Final Fantasy 1 for us or something like that. <laughs> and they renumbered them that all. That makes sense. But yeah, it did, Final Fantasy 7 was the first big Western one, I guess. Um, yeah. So that might be the first time it's been released in that form here. I'm not sure. Yeah, but no, you've obviously got the two Zeldas on there as well. It's, it's great to get it all kind of in one package, and it means that you don't have to sell on your old consoles for space. You know, that, yeah. that sadly, some of us have to. Mm. You know, the fact that this is so small, and you can kind of tuck, you can buy it, you don't need to sell it on, and you can keep it. And even if it ends up just sitting on your shelf in a decade's time, or even five years' time, you know, just as a bit of memorabilia, it, I think it's kind of like worth having. I was going to say, if, you, if you've still got it in five years' time, Make sure you've got the original box as well. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that it's a tiny box as well, which is so simple to use. So you can actually just have one cable going in, one cable going out. That's yep. it. You know, you, then you, the kid can actually plug the controller in at the front. That's it. You, you, that's all you need to do. I guess that's the other side, isn't it? There's got to be people that don't want to necessarily buy a Wii or a Wii U to play these virtual console uh, things because exactly. then that's other hoops to jump yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right. Just plug it in and go. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. it's great as a bedroom gaming machine for a start off, oh, you know, yeah. because you've not got a stupid amount of stuff to do to set it up. You know, you can actually stick it on a bookshelf and it'll be quite happy up there. As well as that, I think it's weird how kids work because I thought my daughter would have problems watching stuff in black and white, for instance, you know, and you do tend to think that they've got the same sort of standards as you have, but you'd be surprised at how accepting they are. Of course, yeah, they don't have our kind of (laughs) socially learnt prejudices. Kids aren't that sniffy. <laughs> I mean, she will quite happily sit there and watch 1960s Doctor Who, you know, which is looks awful and slow and its pacing is terrible, but she will just sit there and love it and yelp and jump all around. And you think, really? <laughs> Am I missing something? And then I think, no, actually, I used to do the same back when it was broadcast. Obviously not in 1963, because that would mean I'm about 100 years old. And of course, for, you know, what I've noticed with children, you know, I who I've you know kind of worked with similarly to Adam in the past but also my own children is that they are just so willing to try new things so although we we yeah. might be thinking oh but these are like really old games and they, they might not control particularly smoothly and you know we're already kind of like putting barriers possibly uh, before enjoying mm. them they will go through every single one of these games <laughs> given the opportunity to and they'll decide which ones they like <laughs> yeah. and don't like but they'll give them a go you know they yeah. won't have they don't they seem to have that, that less of that barrier they've they've still got that kind of natural curiosity um, and it's great because you want them to be able to get to a point where they can make judgement calls like they can with you know obviously your guidance but ultimately independently they can make value judgments of things and be able to say oh, I like this because of these qualities I dislike that because you know A, B and C didn't work for me you know because that's encouraging an independent thinker surely yeah there's even some that might be oddly mm. familiar in ways you wouldn't think because if you think about like Balloon Fight that's just the single player of that is essentially an endless runner so kids might yes, love yeah. that just yeah. like a retro yeah. styled endless runner <laughs> well I'm sure they'll they'll want to see what Pac-Man looks like even though I vaguely recall that looking horrendous (laughs) on the the news but I mean it's like they'll know that they would know a lot of children would obviously already know kind of Pac-Man because that's still in any you know like often you go to the bowling alley or something and they've got the arcade and the music's there there's always like a Pac-Man machine there and even in you know the films like Wreck-It Ralph and we're hoping to get the sequel you know they've already got some familiarity with some of these characters Mm. even if actually you whether you know they're born into a gaming household or not that once they start kind of socialising with other children it's amazing how um, children can kind of like use their imagination for role playing play acting with other children but how they draw on kind of cultural influences so whether it's something they've read they've seen or they've played that get, kind of gets re-utilised into their own kind of like make-believe games it's incredible because like um, yeah. I've never been into Pokemon I've never um, as yet exposed my son to that but he now is aware of that because people are talking about it at school again you know mm. like in his classroom yeah. they've obviously uh, got older siblings or parents that are, are playing Pokemon Go I presume it's where it's coming from yeah, yeah. it's like going back to 1993 <laughs> just lately <laughs> yeah I think I think they've uh, isn't somebody buying it might be legendary pictures of trying to secure the rights to a Pokemon Go film <laughs> God, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, jumping on from the handheld, I mean, we've all talked about the handheld as, you know, a good way to introduce kids. But surely this is the ideal children's console as well, because the you've not got to worry about internet connect- connectivity. Mm-hmm. There is none. 
you know, you can... It is actually a perfect bedroom console, so they can actually have their own space with their own console, and it's not cost you a million no, quid. that's true. You know, so you, you, you're not worried about it as much as you would be, say, an NX. You know, and you've got a self-contained gaming experience where, like you said, Lee, they can jump around within those games and experience some really, really good games. Yeah. This could be an ideal jump-off point for a lot of under fives mm-hmm. without us even yeah, realising it. <laughs> Stumbled across <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And bravo to Nintendo for releasing this without anybody knowing about yeah. it. Not, not a whiff of this, nowhere. And then suddenly, boom, there you go, drops the mic, I'm off. <laughs> See you in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to see that they've put the... Uh, Dark Souls equivalent or <laughs> from the Nez and Ghouls and Ghosts on there as well <laughs> between that yeah I guess that will be on a lot of people's hit lists like if they're going to pick this up to go back and finally beat that game yeah that's it's a hard game yeah I'm just leaving looking at some of the other ones uh, certainly um, Ghosts and Goblins um, is ridiculously hard I think Ninja Gaiden as well Bubble Bobble is just such a great yeah, addictive game yeah. anyway and Evergreen Excited Bike yeah Excite Bike yeah yeah Dr. Mario Excited Bike is so much fun yes I mean Dr. Mario for God's sake (laughs) it's Tetris by all intents and purposes a game you can just play and play and play you'll never get bored of that you'll never finish it So thanks for joining us, chaps, and uh, I hope the listeners enjoy this little kind of roundtable mini topic discussion that we've put together. Um, you can stream or directly download our episodes via our Podbean homepage, which uh, is lapsgamerradio.podbean.com. And if you're enjoying our content, please subscribe to Laps Gamer Radio on iTunes. All reviews are most welcome and appreciated in order to allow our little community to thrive. Uh, plus, if you want a guest on a specific episode or join the regular LGR podcast team, just email us at lapsgamerradio at gmail.com we'd love to hear any feedback ideas for new podcast sections you might have and we encourage you to send in any questions you'd like us to discuss on a future show you can come and chat with us on twitter at lapsgamer and like our lapsgamer radio page on facebook Uh, we've also got a community uh, group on facebook called lapsgamer radio that you can add yourself to there should also be I think a community group on steam and various other ways really that you can check out our content such as YouTube. Uh, which is under the moniker Laps Gamer. But the best place to go for all of this contact information is our home, which is lapsgamer.com. Is that right, guys? Is it lapsgamer.com? That's right. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so that's goodbye from us then. Thanks. Bye. Goodbye. Ta-ta.